Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Episode 29 Principal Benchmarking Should Be Awarded. Hello, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshaw.net. My name is Simon Lewis and this is episode 29 where I will be focusing on principles benchmarking. Picture the scene. Uh, Ireland at the beginning of 2008. I'm not sure how many of you remember it. Um, it was the height of the Celtic Tiger, the absolute peak of it. And the Fianna Foyle tent was dripping in champagne and helicopter fuel. The builders were driving around in Mercs and all those sort of cars that we never owned and laughing at us teachers. And the following adorned the front pages of newspapers. Principals of about 1,700 primary schools are to get a 31.5% increase in their allowances, but are the only large group to gain from benchmarking in the education sector. And then all of a sudden, the bubble burst. This is followed by up to 30% cuts to our pay as principals, and all of our work conditions were battered. New teachers also were battered even more. They were put on a lower pay scale. Our workload also increased and increased. And just when we thought it couldn't increase anymore, it increased again. And meanwhile, our union, the INCO, kept telling us how much worse it could have been if it weren't for them, as it got worse and worse and worse. And then the recession ended. And there was no mention of principal benchmarking until one group, basically put it back on the agenda. In this episode, I'll be arguing, if I were the Minister for Education, I would be ensuring that principal benchmarking would be awarded. The Irish Examiner reported on the 11th of January the following piece of news. All principals of our 3,200 primary schools will get an increase of 6% upwards in their allowances, which are paid in addition to their teacher, uh, basic teacher salary. The biggest proportionate rise will be to principals of schools with between one and five teachers, up almost 3,000 euro from 9,328 to 12,261. These rises will bring overall income up between 2 and 4% and similar increases are also being awarded to almost 2,500 principals, uh, sorry, 2,500 primary school deputy principals at a cost of about 13.5 million euro or 30% of all benchmarking awards. It seems like after years of being paid much less than our second level colleagues that we would finally be awarded somewhat for our efforts. And I began my job as a principal a few months later, just in time for the Celtic Tiger bubble to burst. Now, perhaps I'm unlucky. I, I wasn't supposed to be a teacher. This, this sounds like the beginning of like the Monty Python sketch, but I wasn't supposed to be a teacher, no, uh, never mind a principal. My degree actually is in teaching, it's in computer science. Uh, science. Um, so why am I not somewhere on the west coast of America drinking chai tea, spirulina smoothies or something and saying awesome all the time? Well, I managed to graduate in 2001 as a, in my degree just in time for the dot-com bubble to burst. And this coincided with a teacher supply crisis and I got my first shot in a classroom as a result. To be honest, it was the best thing that ever happened. To me, anyway. However, the same can't be said for the second bubble. 
which which burst and that is the celtic tiger and i managed to lose out on over twenty thousand euro because the benchmarking award didn't happen and that doesn't even include the 20 percent cut to my wage uh, which happened as a result of the bubble bursting luckily as a teaching principal of a brand new school at the time i didn't have time to think about that anyway um as it happened at the start of 2008 there uh, the award was uh, mentioned and i'm going to bring you back to that point right now and as you wouldn't you probably wouldn't be surprised because it still goes on everybody was keen to claim credit for getting principles the benchmarking award um in fact a couple of weeks later one agency actually asked principals who they thought was most responsible in getting them the award and the result which is uh, is very interesting it basically um the, there were four uh, responses uh, management bodies who got three and a half percent of the vote so i'm afraid they were not according to the principles the most influential in second in third place were the department of education with 10 percent of the vote which was very generous i think out of, uh, i suppose of those principles but uh, third place the into came third or second with 25% of the vote and in a roaring ahead in first place was the IPPN with 60% of the vote. I bet you can't guess who did the survey. Anyway, of course it was the IPPN uh, but their act they didn't just ask that question, they asked a few other questions. Some of which are very interesting um, and some of them I guess aren't, aren't, aren't that particularly interesting but uh, I'll go through one or two of them. Um, they basically just um, one of the first questions I thought was interesting insofar as it was interesting in, I suppose insofar as it kind of might question the validity of the actual survey was uh, the first question was principals relative to other public servants did well this time from benchmarking so relative to other people and more people disagreed with that statement than agreed with it which like factually they did principals we, we, we did do better than everybody else I mean it's, it's black and white 30% of all benchmarking awards came to principles now whether it was good enough is 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 um is 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 is, is a different question uh but look um that's uh, I, I suppose take these survey results with it, not with a complete pinch of salt but take them in the context that principals clearly weren't happy with this benchmarking at the time um 67 of them said they were not happy with the outcome of the benchmarking process um but they did uh, acknowledge that teaching principles were right um prioritized in the benchmarking uh, with 70 percent agreeing with that but the principle uh, ipn had a conclusion which i thought was very interesting i'm not going to go through the whole thing uh, the ipn are, are uh, as an organization um which i who i admire in many many ways um uh, one criticism i'd have of them is that they, they they're far too polite um a lot of the time and even in the response here they were uh, quite polite they actually divided the response into positives and negatives very balanced can't be much more balanced than that they basically the positives were that um for the last uh, three years the ippn worked relentlessly to ensure principles issues were brought to the fore um and uh, even though there was uh, they wanted a, a separate salary scale for principles uh, and that must wait for another day some gains have been made so that was a positive and um, they talked about uh, the lobbying by the EPPN that was a key criterion uh, basically about um, a retention crisis in principles so basically they were worried that principals uh, would not be applying for uh, for jobs or there wouldn't be jobs uh, being applied for uh, so there would be empty positions and that was a key criterion for the actual award and, and actually considering I think this is interesting in itself because um, since we didn't get the award it's very interesting there are uh, that that is actually uh, come to fruition with lots and lots of principal jobs being re-advertised again and again and, unf and, and unfilled uh, 10 years later 
Um, they said, I mean, other, other positives were we were the only group that were increased in the benchmarking and that was kind of pretty much it. The negatives really, I suppose they go on and on about the same thing here, really. Um, basically the inverse of what I said before, there should, there wasn't a separate salary scale. That's uh, no good. Um, they weren't happy, um, with the fact that, um, that that basically yeah we, there isn't a separate salary scale really i mean i'm just looking through it here and and and, and the, the first f- four points really are basically saying the same thing in a different way but the one thing which i thought they they, they highlighted a quote from the uh, psbb who were the awarding body at the time um uh, to respond to which was the outcome of the job evaluation exercise did not support parity between primary and post-primary principals as the jobs of principals in post-primary schools were found to be more demanding than primary level now I don't. I think, in fairness to the IPPN, I don't think they could have written a stronger statement than this. This is a most objectionable comment for the most obvious of reasons. You know, there wasn't even any point in going into why it's ridiculous. I mean, what a stupid thing for them to say. But you know, um, basically, um, even with the award parity with second level principles wasn't established by that report and primary principles basically require a greater number of teachers than second level principles in order to receive the same lands they go on about that they didn't take into account non-teaching staff um and they basically said even again larger uh, larger schools were discriminated against now i know the word discriminated the words discriminated against uh, makes people um put on their defensiveness or basically zone out but it's it's appropriate i guess in this case that basically um our our maximum band rate is much lower than uh, that of, of of secondary school um uh, principals uh, but i mean i've gone into that uh, in more detail in uh, episode two which is a very old episode um at this stage um which worth listening about getting parity between uh, between primary and second level um but it basically overall they weren't happy um principals were not happy about this benchmarking award um and i suppose i wonder how they'd feel today if that offer was back on the table i think we take it with both hands considering what's happened um, but look, in fairness to the IPN, it was a very different time and uh, who knew how bad things were going to get uh, at the time. Um, I mean, principals are already drowning in workload. Um, anyway, it didn't matter in any case because by the time September 2008 came, eight months later, Ireland officially entered a recession and the whole country basically fell apart over the coming few years, um, including that famous uh, bailout of the banks. Um, and I presume we all remember the pictures of the three lads uh, hanging around Dub- uh, from, the IM- from the IMF hanging around in Dublin uh, up to mischief. So basically, uh, before benchmarking was awarded, it was goodbye to 100% mortgages, the weekend shopping trips in New York, not that I ever, uh, or I don't think many teachers had the advantage of that, and uh, the hundreds of ways that you could spend an SSIA scheme. And of course, yes, our benchmarking reward was said goodbye to. And in many ways, it was a double whammy for principals because they were the only public sector body to be due this money in order to balance things out, and they never got it. Um, by 2011, the entire benchmarking process was described as a completely as, as an expensive mistake by various politicians, which is a very, very nice thing to say if it didn't affect you. I don't ever recall politicians' benchmarking uh, award being cancelled before their wages were cut, but anyway, that is um, something that wouldn't surprise anyone listening to um, this or any podcast um, and of course 2011 I have to mention has another bit of a black mark um, and this was the year that the INTO had its lowest moment um, in my opinion 
it's been it's actually the it's a second lowest moment now in my opinion and i'll tell you why it's a second lowest moment but it was a very very low moment and um, it recommended the deal that basically saw newer graduates on a lower pay scale and the term lpt the lower paid teacher was born and while this episode isn't about this complete scandal this uh, total scandal i need to mention it because it is still unresolved I believe the INTO have acted disgracefully over this issue over the last decade and it is disgusting that despite INTO members voting, um, and this is where I think the lowest moment is, it's actually in 2019, basically that despite the fact that this year in 2019, INTO members, ordinary members, voted to reject the last pay deal, which was to increase or decrease the gap between lower paid teachers and regular paid teachers, let's say, um, it was voted because it did not achieve pay equality. We voted by a majority of 53%. The membership of the INTO uh, voted for that. And the INTO not only, uh, well, I mean, they basically, and this is the lowest moment in my opinion, they completely have ignored that vote, that democratic vote. The thing they put out there to members to vote on, they have ignored. It is completely ignored by, its, by the leadership. And to me, and I know this sounds melodramatic, the INTO because they have ignored a, a legitimate, um, a legitimate, um, basically vote of its members. Um, basically, they um, they have lost. I feel um, they have they, they have lost. I suppose any any form of credibility as an organisation. They're um, as a legitimate organisation. I believe they're dead. Um, you can't just ignore your members' uh, wishes because they don't suit a small minority of people. Um, there was legitimate reasons why uh, INTO members voted not to accept that pay deal and you know I suppose in some ways I can see why you know this has happened you know ultimately as teachers we've let it happen you know the 53% what have we done you know to to ensure that the INTO um, you know have 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 accepted our um, I suppose our, our our vote. Um, I don't know what we've done. I suppose what what do you do as as a as a member? I I I I pointed um out on the day that we received this pay increase, as they put it, um, that democracy was dead, and basically, um, it was the most popular post I've ever put up on on in the ten years that it's been on on Facebook or so, but all the likes and shares in the world haven't changed the fact that. I believe our union has basically lost its right to be called democratic. Um, anyway, I, 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 this episode isn't about that. Um, I definitely will be um, focusing on, on another episode uh, in the future because I, I really want to see what's going to happen over the next year um, after the 53% of us voted uh, to not accept the PSSA deal. Um, perhaps there's stuff we don't know. Um, anyway, Back to benchmarking, and around 2014, um, the so-called green shoots were appearing, uh, beginning to appear on the horizon, and the recession was apparently coming to an end. Now, in fairness, these green shoots only affected a very tiny number of very rich people, and none of them were teachers. But within a couple of years, there was a little bit of money to be had in the country, thanks to these multinational companies on the docklands of Dublin, and there were some talks of pay restoration. Um, the lower paid teachers groups uh, put ferocious pressure on the INTO to represent them, um, I feel some of their campaigns were wonderful. My favourite was the yellow t-shirt campaign, but it was absolutely baffling to not just me, but I think to everybody. Like, and I, I think, I mean, 
I, I, honestly, I don't understand uh, why the INTO didn't support these campaigns, even tokenistically. You know, it just seemed really bizarre. And instead, at every opportunity, they just failed. They failed to get lower paid teachers pay equality. They didn't, I mean, it was almost like they didn't try. Um, I mean, again, they'll, they'll argue that. Um, oh, you have to make progress little by little. No, no, no. Like, support the campaigns of your grassroots members. Um, not only that, they failed to restore post-responsibility. They got about 48% of them back and started clapping themselves in the back for it. Like, I, uh, again, bizarre stuff. Um, and they also, meanwhile, increased our workload and, and actively campaigned behind the scenes uh, to get things like DRID, which 90% of members opposed. So they got their friends together basically in a room to vote it in and as and and you know they they, they claim oh no that, that, that certainly didn't happen but then there was an interview uh, uh, where, um, uh, last year which was videoed and John Carr basically said to congratulate the INTO on getting Drihid over the line despite the opposition um, the videos I presume still online I, I basically downloaded it just in case they ever get rid of it so I can repeat it on loop forever if I need to um, but basically, they failed to stand up to every bit of extra workload that was put on our shoulders. And never once, not even once, did they ever think to mention principal benchmarking. Not once. But that was until a small group of principals got together. And this group called themselves the National Principals Forum. And they wanted to highlight the fact that principals were suffering. And they were very, very, very cross because none of the representative bodies seemed to be doing anything except sitting around having roast chicken dinners with the government and having a grand old time. It was kind of nearly a joke, to be honest with you. Every year you'd go to your various conferences and there would be the same people standing and the same plinths saying the same things. And every year, nothing really would change. They would say things like, we demand one teaching release day, or whatever, for principals, one release day for teaching principals, and we demand, it was nearly like they were bored saying it, I'm bored saying it, and we acknowledge the fact that some progress has been made, but it is not, I mean, you know, seriously, you know, ultimately, Nothing has changed. The INCO seem more interested in getting candidates to local and European elections and sitting with their friends in the ICTU than actually doing anything about the issues at all. They were more interested in setting up these weird, weird, bizarre talk shops, think tanks, whatever, I don't know. My favourite one is the Primary Education Forum where they all, where all the lads, uh, well, maybe there's one or two that aren't lads, where they all sit around, gang, uh, the gang of them go up uh, to the Department of Education uh, and they come home going, way, look what we did. We managed to delay the maths curriculum. We managed to delay the admission bills. Delay! Delay. Is that all we can do? And meanwhile, the Department of Education released Kamasu in the middle of this primary education forum with 83 separate actions for primary schools to actually achieve within the year. Yeah, I mean, like, it, 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 it's laughable, really, to be honest with you. Um, I, I just, I don't actually understand, you know, how, um, how, how they, 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 they can even stand up there and, and, and not laugh at themselves. I, I, I mean, look, to be honest with you, I, I'll do the laughing for them. Like, it's, 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 it's kind of funny in a way. Um, and, and, and just calling them small wins doesn't, doesn't make them any better. They're not wins. The primary, the primary maths curriculum is going to come in and the admissions bill is going to come in. Just because you delay it doesn't mean it's going to stop it. Stop these things. 
you know, stop anything that's coming that isn't that isn't going to be that isn't you know that isn't going to uh, uh, that that's basically going to increase our workload. Just do it. Just say no. We're not going to do that. I just there's obviously a reason why they can't. Um, I mean, I'd love to know what it is. But uh, anyway, we uh, that aside, let us get back again to our benchmarking award because. National Primary Prayer, the, the National Principles Forum basically um, took the, the slogan from uh, an earlier INTO slogan, enough is enough. But they decided saying enough is enough wasn't enough and isn't enough anymore and action really needed to be taken. And they, what they did was they sent a submission uh, to the Doyle's Education Committee and is now on public record. Now, I wasn't involved I'm, uh, in the National Principles Forum at the time. I hadn't heard of them. Um, and... I have to say, after reading it, it's a very impressive document. I, I, I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm, I'm involved, in, involved a little bit with the group. I'm, I'm saying it because it's a good document. It basically says everything that, is, uh, everything that principals are feeling. And there's nothing controversial in it. In fact, the INTO and the IPPN came along to the submission uh, that they arranged and commended the National Principals Forum on a good submission. Like, it was a good submission. Um, but apart from the one day a week um, for a release, the MPF demanded benchmarking was back on the table. However, also, rather than doing nothing and just making all these statements, they also demanded that they, and they also asked and campaigned and campaigned and campaigned to get the representative body that can do something, the INTO, um, namely, to actually take some action until these um, aims were achieved. Um, the MPF did a survey um, shortly after where over 1,000 uh, principals, 1,166 principals to be exact, stated how they were feeling about their jobs. And it's actually worth going through those uh, statistics because they've published them and I, I think they make damning reading. 95% of principals said they were stressed. Two thirds of them said their job is unsustainable. 99%, almost all of them said their workload was a medium or unsustainable challenge. 96% of teaching principals said their release time was inadequate, almost all of them. 92% la said lack of HR support was an unsustainable challenge, almost all of them. So even though statistics alone, almost every principal in the country was feeling this, is feeling this way. Moves on to their health. Seven out of 10 basically said their mental health or their, and, or their physical health has suffered entirely because of their job. Seven out of 10 it is very likely, it is more likely that you have a principal with mental health or physical health issues because of their job. Just, just, I mean, that's just the facts. Seven out of 10 have considered stepping down. So just think you are more likely to have a principal so unhappy in their job that they're willing to give it up. How is that good for your school? And 85% of them said they were willing to protest. 85%. Now I know these stats very well because I joined the National Principal Forum around this time and I collated uh, this data for them. Um, and I uh, read these statistics out at a meeting that the group held in Port Leash um, in, a in, a, in a presentation called This Is How Bad Things Really Are. The INTO sent one of their reps, the CC rep, the CEO of the IPPN came, the head of NAVSME came, and a load of the management body uh, representatives came as well. They were all there, and they heard every single word. I remember saying that these are not just statistics. This is a cry for help. However, 
have anyone used those statistics? They're only statistics. They're harmless statistics. They're genuine statistics. There's nothing in them that is emotive or, 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 or I mean, they are, they are emotive, but there's nothing in them that's controversial. But did the INTO look uh, even to the statistic that 85% of us were willing, are actually willing to protest? No, they didn't. Instead, they chose to be hostile towards the group. And at meetings, they ordered members not to engage in any way with their National Principal Forum after this meeting. This meeting was a turning point. I don't know why it was a turning point, but it was a turning point. I was there, it didn't seem like a bad meeting. There was a lot of anger in the room, but none of it, but it was, but basically, from that day, a switch went off. And I don't know what, what happened, but the INTO were absolutely um, enraged by it, clearly, because they ordered members not to engage in any way with the group. I, re I remember going to an INTO meeting because there was a talk on that I was interested in. I don't go to INTO meetings because of, well, I, I don't think it's surprising, uh, considering uh, what they did in 2011, uh, but I haven't been since. I went to that just to see, and I actually heard it with my own ears, do not engage with this, with, with this group. They also said, the INTO said, the group was injurious to the union. A bizarre and, and, and slanderous statement, I would, I would argue. And none of the rest of the groups were much better. And this important piece of research, I believe, an important piece of research, and not just because we collated it, because it's, 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 it's shocking to see, it was completely ignored by representative bodies. However, having said all that, it wasn't probably completely, completely ignored. It's very interesting since that day that certain things seem to be back on the agenda. One of those, the INTO have somehow remembered that principal benchmarking is something they should be thinking about. And this is directly because, in my opinion, because of the work of the National Principals Forum. While they may have been lambasted, stonewalled, and there are even stories of members being actually verbally abused at branch meetings, isolated at meetings, they may have opened the doors for principals to start receiving their benchmarking award. And if one looks at the INTO's priorities now, it does include principles benchmarking. And I'm sure the other representative bodies are sure to follow suit. So where does that leave us at the end of this podcast? Well, in all honesty, at this time of the recording, which is around uh, the end of September 2019, it doesn't leave us very far. Uh, in the last few weeks, we've seen the first signs of our union and our representative bodies making some noise about educational topics. Polite noise right now. They've, uh, they are criticising some of the stories that are in the media um, around, um, around uh, some of the, uh, particularly around inclusivity in schools and special education needs. But is it possible, I mean, maybe it is, that the union are starting to remember their purpose, to stand up for teachers and principals. Ultimately, only time is going to tell. However, we do get our benchmarking as principals. While I know the INTO are going to try and take all the plaudits, they may even put a survey out asking which group uh, was most influential in getting this award. We'll know that there was a small group of about a dozen principals through persistence and downright bullishness, bull <laughs> bullishness, and I don't think they'll mind me saying this, they were the ones that got benchmarking back on the table. And for this reason, I'm going to dedicate this podcast to them. Next week, uh, we're going to stay with principles, um, but we're going to be focusing on te teaching principles uh, I I for next week's episode. Despite the fact that we have a national hobby in this country, which is called teacher bashing, um, the public do reserve their ire when it does come to teaching principles. And 
I think it's fair to say that everyone agrees that their job is unsustainable and nobody in their right mind would do it. With all the chit chat about the one day per week of release time from the various bodies, I want to go better than that in the next episode and I'll be arguing that if I were the Minister for Education, there would be no such thing as a teaching principal. I hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to tune in every Wednesday morning just in time for your midweek slump. It's almost sure to get your blood boiling. This podcast can be found on iTunes, on Spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either onshaw.net or if I were the Minister for Education. I'd really, really appreciate you subscribing to this podcast so each new episode is going to be available to you immediately after its release. I'd also uh, be really, really happy if you wouldn't mind reviewing uh, the podcast on whatever um, platform you're using, preferably five stars, so other teachers um, and other people can find it somewhere there. Um, that is it really for this week. I, 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 it's, a, it's again another angry episode. Um, I'm, um, I, I really, I really, however, it's ha- despite all that, I do think we might be entering um, a more positive place um, in terms of um, representation from the various bodies. I think they're they're starting to rear their head a little bit um, around uh, this time of the year, which is uh, the September 2019, and perhaps um, some progress. Uh, I don't mean progress, actually. I mean, some progress is, is, isn't good enough. That we'll actually start, um, you know, as I said, I, th- I thought with the um, articles that are giving out about schools r- regarding inclusiveness, I thought that really woke the bear uh, that it was the INTO um, when it came down to uh, defending our profession uh, for the first time in quite some time. So it was a little bit of a, a bit of positivity in my in my body. Really, I felt. Uh, so let's uh, let's hope that continues. Um, again, well done uh, to the National Principals Forum. Um, super work, and it's it, it. I think it needs to be publicly recorded. Um, even if even if very few people listen to this podcast, I still feel it's important that it should be acknowledged. And I hope representative bodies in time will agree that the work that you and we have done has been very, very important. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening and uh, we'll see you again next time. Bye bye.